What was that workout video in the 90s that everybody... Jazzercise? Um, Sweating to the oldies? No, it was like a... It was a famous person, not Richard Simmons. I know what you're talking about because I can see the VHS cover. Yes. Is it yes. Olivia Newton-John? Oh, this is going to kill me. <laughs> I thought that reaction was purely for <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. Like, no, it was oh. not. Oh, oh, oh I've got I wish. Olivia Newton-John. Oh, I wish it was. I haven't been this excited since I punctured Caroline's aorta. Oh my gosh. That was almost my line. Uh, that whole monologue was incredible. Welcome back to Talking Backwards. I'm Dave whoa, Jackson. Whoa, 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 <laughs> This is episode 12 of 19. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? To my left, we have Tyler Mullins. Hey. No, ch- no, hey, come on. <laughs> Patrick and I have our respective thunders. My thunders have been stolen did. in the last, like, three They've weeks. just been stolen. Yeah, mine's been, mine's been stolen in the last three weeks. I'm kind of used to it at this point. How do you expect me to grow if you won't let me blow? <laughs> <laughs> blow away, my friend. Do what you do. Yet, yeah. Tyler, take the lead on this one. Yeah, go for no, it. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Are you going to behave? No. Mm, probably not. I'll take that as a soft yes. Welcome back to Talking Backwards. I am Dave Jackson, and I am joined by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And local thunder thief, Tyler Mullins. Percy Jackson. That was the lightning thief, if I'm <laughs> correct. Uh, lightning, thunder, you know, where, things. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, come on. Right you are. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, speaking of smoke, we've got an episode today just full of it by the end of things. Very true. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, are talking about season two, episode 21. Is it episode 21? It could be known as a couple other things. I refer to it as episode 28. However, it is 29th overall, and it has two titles, The Night of Decision or Miss Twin Peaks. It's a double. I prefer the latter. It was written by our dear friend Barry Pullman, and it was directed. Right, Hatchet. And it was directed by <laughs> Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. <laughs> has Tim Hunter directed any other episodes of Twin Peaks? He has. He's directed two others. Any favorites of ours? Absolutely. Uh, Arbitrary Law, the one where. Ah, fantastic. Yes. And then um, I don't know if you guys remember uh, episode four, aka episode five. Uh, it was fifth oh, overall. <laughs> That was the one called the one-armed man. Ah, yes. Yes. The one-armer. Here comes the one-armer now. Great episodes, and it just carries on into this. I've got to say this is easily one of my favorite episodes of the series. There's spooks. There's intrigue. There's drama. This was the one I think I mentioned a few episodes ago. It aired two months nearly after the last episode, and it aired as a Sunday night movie. Um it was the only time it was aired back to back in this way. Um, I believe what I read was that you know it aired even without the credits. They literally aired it as a full two hour, even though the two hours were directed by two different people. This is the penultimate episode of the season. 
And as far as anybody on the crew knew of the series, uh, when when actually when did Firewalk with Me go into production? Um, it came out about a year later, so I don't know exactly how. Well, because I mean, this had to be filmed several months before this aired in June right. of ninety one. Um. Firewalk With Me was released in May of 92. It says Twin Peaks had only been canceled for a month when it was announced David Lynch would be making a movie. Wow. So it looks like around July of 91. Been watching interviews. Yeah, filming began September of 91. And it wrapped on Halloween. Wow. Ooh, spooky. Super spooky. Super appropriate. Does anybody have any to do before we dive right into this thing? Mm, no. No. Let's dive right in. Season 2, episode 21, as some would say, Miss Twin Peaks or The Day of Decision. This opening scene is Leo handcuffed next to Major Briggs in Winnemurl's cabin. All I could think was this must have been exhausting to film. <laughs> right. <Eric> Garay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't think this handcuff is necessarily as tight as it is supposed to appear to be. To grab this school desk had to just be physically demanding. Right. <laughs> Like, this was a four-hour shoot, easy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he did this fantastic the first time through, but even one take of this seems just the worst. I don't ever want to sit there for any amount of time with a shackle around my ankle and wrist. With your arm all the way above your head, not able to put it down? That's terrible. It is. But what occurs is Leo, who is aware of Shelly's predicament. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. He knows that she's in danger and suddenly cares about her and her well-being. Yeah, I don't get that. So in his, like, half Leo that we knew and half new Leo stupor, he's able to claw his way over to a desk, which is just barely out of reach. And apparently this is where Wind and Merle keeps the key to the cuffs. And Leo knows that. Yeah, not across the room in a place that he definitely can't get to them. It's got to be a trap. And you kind of think that, too. It's like, why would it be even that close if Wyndham Earl is this criminal genius he claims to be? Yeah. No, it's it's definitely where Saw got its inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The key is in the bathtub. <laughs> like, oh, man, that was the very first thing I did wrong. <laughs> now, Leo gets the key. He frees Major Briggs. And <laughs> it takes a couple times for him to register. He's like... Save Shelly. Huh? What? Do what? <laughs> Save Shelly. Oh, okay. Ugh. And brings in his stupor, just kind of wanders out to go and save Shelly, I guess. I think mostly he's I... just happy to be able to move around on his own. I... Yeah. The guy that tried to kill Shelly twice wants to save Shelly. Yep. Because well, he wants to He wants to kill do it her. himself. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh. He doesn't want his thunder stolen. No, it makes exactly. Sense. I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm commiserate with Leo in this instance. <laughs> it's all coming together, guys. But uh, Wyndham Earl does come back to the cabin to find that Major Briggs has been released, and he looks like a walking corpse already. Yeah, when he comes, what to the, the hell? He he kind of reminds me of what we saw at the end of the last episode. Um, you know, his mouth is black, like the uh, the pool of what we think is engine oil. With the white surrounding it. Oh, the puddle of mud. That's it, yes. <laughs> it, it, it advances though, right? Because he comes in just looking like death, like just super yeah. pale and yeah. clammy. Yeah. After he reveals his face the second time, it's kind of like, uh, which is it Bilbo in Lord of the Rings? When he yeah. reaches, for when the he reaches out for the ring. Goes all monster. Yeah. 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 It looks like that. Like it's just suddenly he's black toothed and crazy eyed. and Yeah. Just gnarly. It, it shook me. I gotta be real. 
I appreciate your realness. Thank yeah, you. Quite, being quite, that. quite the visual. I tried to keep it real. Well done. I tried to stay in, I keep my finger on the pulse of the youth, right? <laughs> okay, boomer. Ooh. Am I right? Yeet. <laughs> Yeet. Indeed. Vibing. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's do. Let's go to the Double R Diner. Yes. Uh, I took note in this scene that Norma herself won Miss Twin Peaks 20 years ago. Wow. Which is interesting because was it, please correct me if I'm wrong, was it Shelly? Didn't she mention it to Shelly the very first time we we hear about the Miss Twin Peaks contest and Shelly sort of like makes fun of it? I think it would be odd that she would make fun of it if she knew that Norma was a previous winner. Right. Uh, maybe she didn't know. Yeah. Just then. Maybe this is recent information. Maybe it's just a continuity error. Yeah. Regardless, Norma clearly has some experience with the competition. Yeah, she could probably pretty much Kelly Clarkson this thing and help these girls out. Tell them what to do. I also noted this through this whole episode for me, Heather Graham kind of fits in like like a square peg in a round hole. Just her, since she arrived on the show, she has been so normal and approachable. And there's been nothing about her that seems like this person. The only thing that's is odd about her is when she by talks about going on around her. Yeah, the only thing that's odd about her is when she talks about how she thinks she's strange. Like right. all the time today, she's like, "You must think I'm strange. Like I feel strange. Like I feel like I'm." not actually here like yada 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 you know yeah, that's the only thing well, it's like, like otherwise she doesn't come across strange at all well it's the monster syndrome right so sure yeah there's that one like beautiful young lady who's a member of the monsters family and everyone else is like a frankenstein and a, a hair monster and she's like oh i'm so ugly i don't belong here right it's like no no you're you're wonderful as you are it's just yeah. the surroundings are so abstract that you seem like you don't fit in here. Right. But I think that's maybe intentional so that she stands out from yeah. everybody else. Like she's, no, just, she's, she's an, never she's had a moment. She's an interesting character. I was like, what's up with this chick? Right. <laughs> like just super relatable and super down to earth. And I, I really like Annie for these reasons. I am trying my hardest to read this damn soup of the day. <laughs> <laughs> We need to you know. You got it, man. What do you got? Maybe cream of elk something. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That tracks. I'll take it. Okay. That works for me, cream man. Cream of elk. There's another word after elk, but I can't I can't read it. Is it soup? It could be. It doesn't look like it, but it could be. We'll go with cream of elk soup. Chowder. <laughs> chowder or bisque? <laughs> cream of elk, chowder, it's bisque. Definitely soup. cream of elk bisque. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Audrey's dress. Oh Let's. my god. <laughs> not anymore, Tyler. Well, yeah, not now. Well, you know what I have to say to that. Be Beasy does it. So Audrey's dress is this flowy red drapey number. Yes. What does it remind uh, you of? She, the Red Room. <laughs> it reminds me very much of the <laughs> curtains in the Red Room sequences. Interesting. Is it? Seemed kind of like you were fishing for that. No. I don't fish. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> but uh, in this scene, uh, she is approached by Ben Horn, her father. 
Father Ben yes. just got a, a stack of books about how to try and be good. Holy books. He, Holy yeah. books. <clears throat> he is becoming a theologian. Yes, he lifts off several religious texts, and he's just on the search for the philosophy on how to be good. Uh, just do it. Just be yeah. good. Yeah, just be better. Do just good. Stop, yeah. stop being bad. Ignore one. all of your instincts. Yeah. Whatever, Whatever Jerry does, do the opposite. <laughs> he's dealing with that. Audrey's dealing with Jack being gone. One, one eye Jack? cares? Cry me a freaking river. <laughs> Have we made that reference yet? Oh, I don't think so. One eye Jack and Jack? Yeah. Fishing for doubles. I told you I don't fish. Also, be sure to tune into our sister podcast, Fishing for Doubles. <laughs> I'd listen to that. Dublin. But yeah. <laughs> it goes from Ben spouting off about how he's trying to be a better person to his daughter to realizing that maybe she has something she wants to talk about herself. And this is unusual for Ben Horn being considerate of others. So maybe he actually is on the path to being a better person. Maybe. Just got to ruin a few lives maybe. first. <laughs> <laughs> got to crack just... a few eggs to make an omelet, am I right? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> And Ben is here to do some cracking. Eggs? Uh. Uh, he also very much wants Audrey to compete so that she can make a speech to further his efforts I, to stop the Ghostwood Project. I really feel like she's missed the deadline to sign up. Yeah, this is like the day I mean, of. Yeah. She's the write-in candidate, for sure. And I actually didn't really notice her in the rehearsal scene. She wasn't. I, no, I actually read, in... I don't know the truth to it because I couldn't find the source, but I read that Sherilyn Finn actually was against this whole storyline and didn't actually want to participate in any of it because she thought it was sexist. But it, at the same time, whether that's true or not, I don't know. It, even if it's not, I feel like it kind of fits, even though surely there'd be some rules for her not participating in the other events of Miss Twin yeah. Peaks. But it does make sense yeah, for her to be like, tracks. no, I'm just going up and giving my speech. And that's it. Right. She was standing at the very end, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. all Ben Horn really wants her to do is just give the speech. He doesn't say, like, you better find a talent right. and show up for that part. Yeah. And, I mean, even her yeah, character, it, I mean, her character even says, too, you know, she's like, I don't want to do the beauty pageant thing. I don't want to be the town bathing beauty. So that it tracks, like, whether well, she, whether the actress didn't want to participate in the storyline or not, it tracks with the character. The character definitely did not, yeah. And, yeah, I super respect that. Yeah, yeah too. No, for sure. Makes me like her even more. Like, this is super Audrey. It say, is quite tawdry. No. Indeed. <laughs> like, hey, compete in this competition that is based on looks and skills. And she's, for her to say no. Well, she is Audrey is Horn. Super Audrey. And she gets what she wants. She gets, she gets what, she, what wants. she wants. Yep. Ah, super. And she can have it. Super cool detail there. Doesn't Audrey men- mention something about the Packards? She does. I feel she like it's ha- sort she of has important. an update from her time in Seattle. And apparently the Packards are I, I didn't fully follow exactly what's going on, but they're using the Twin Peaks savings and loan to either hide money right. or launder it in some way. Right. To to filter funds towards the Ghostwood project. So that's kind of their enemy. But the bank is also keeping a low profile on it because they don't want any bad publicity. Yeah, that's interesting. Let me say that better. Publi- publicity. publicity. They don't want any bad publicity. They don't. Twin Peaks. Back to the police station. Back to the police station. Andy is doing his damnedest to navigate this petroglyph. I I think this is incredible. It's actually one of my favorite parts. 
of this up well because he does it again later but him just staring at it is three times total yeah it's very fascinating could this have anything to do with the 4-h club (laughs) he's doing everything he can to or what is it i don't think so andy (laughs) (laughs) doubtful andy (laughs) but i love he's like he's it's 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 interesting obviously with the events that happen at the end of the episode with him you know he ultimately figures it out we think but it's just funny because it's he's the only person i've seen staring at it for this long Right. He, he's really yeah. going in on well, it. Coop, really Coop even to... says, has he taken his eyes off of it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I, I love these little moments for Andy where he actually does have these moments of revelation. Whether it's <laughs> These tiny mental. little victories. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Andy. And they go a long way for a character like his. Yeah. Like, like taking a board to the face so they can find the boots. That was big. <laughs> yeah. Getting the saving shot to keep Harry from getting murdered when they were arresting Jacques Renault. Yeah. Like Andy needs these little wins. Yeah, he does. He doesn't have it yet. He knows he's looking at something and he's got an idea of what's going on, but he doesn't quite have it put together yet. No, he don't. Yeah. So in the same scene, Harry finally reveals to, or Cooper, Cooper finally reveals to Harry that when Josie died, he had a vision of Bob. Yeah. And he, again, is this the second time we've heard that, she died of fear. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if we officially got the first thing, because wasn't that in a televised recap of the first bit of the season when he says he thinks she died of fear? That's right. I think it was in that long two-minute recap from when the episode had been off the air for like two months. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So it hasn't been in an actual episode at this point. Yeah. That was a little bit of a spoiler. Well, they also in that, yeah. in that uh, recap video, uh, when Cooper's talking to Diane... And, and explaining all the events of the Who town. Who the hell is Diane? You know, I think she's real. Well, hang on. I got to finish talking about this before I forget about it. They, <laughs> yeah, do this first. Uh, it's interesting, too, because they show a real quick shot of when he's uh, he's on the boat with Annie. You don't see Annie, because I don't even know if she's been introduced yet, but you do see a shot of the boat with, like, her. Oh, she's. we know now that she's in it, but I just think it's funny that they use that shot, like, two or three episodes before. So they had all this stuff. <laughs> you know for a while mm-hmm. it's interesting but yeah the Josie fear line is I mean that's just very interesting just in the context of everything and oh boy fear that's Wyndham Earl's favorite emotional state <laughs> <laughs> he loves that if he made a BuzzFeed article that was his top 10 favorite emotional states fear would be number one <laughs> number one is fear hey it's your boy Wyndham Earl again back with another <laughs> top 10 list <laughs> but, uh, we also in this scene, find out that Earl actually did, in fact, kill his own wife. He has confirmed it. He finally confesses. And this is second to this moment just now. Where he's listening in as Cooper is revealing to Truman that he saw Bob. That he thinks there's a connection with, between Bob and the Black Lodge. That he believes fear is the key that brings Bob through. This causes Wyndham Earl to put together that fear is the key to get to the Black Lodge. It makes me wonder what and Wyndham he Earl loves it. It makes me wonder what Wyndham Earl knows about Bob. Has he I, seen Bob? I don't think. Is he Bob? I don't think. You so. have to wonder. It, I just it just makes me wonder because he didn't react like it would have been hilarious if it cut to him and he just goes Bob. <laughs> Who's Bob? Bob? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> what else? <laughs> I don't know Bob. <clears throat> 
Leo, do you know a Bob? <laughs> Bobby Briggs? Or has he encountered Bob so many times that it's just water off his back at this point? You don't know. Right? Yeah. But yeah, that, the fact that he made absolutely no reference to Bob at all is suspect on both sides. Indeed it does is. Does he have no clue what he's talking about or does he know exactly what he's talking about? Right. All he knows is that, all he takes away from it rather, is that fear is the key. But he loves it. He loved killing his wife. He loves the emotional state of fear. And he loves tying a box of spiders to people's teeth. Yeah. So, is that little crate supposed to break if he opens his mouth? So, here's the thing about this trap. Explain it. He kind of leaves Leo in this state because he's upset with him for, by the way, great villain moment for Nemeral before he leaves. Yeah. Oh, man. This whole monologue and everything, there was a moment in it, and I was like, he might make a good Joker in, like, some very specific Batman movie. His villainous was very believable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This really, for the first time for me, was a very genuine, like, oh, shit. Like, this is the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like this monologue is effective, and his his menace is clear and present. Yeah. And the pull away. So on my first viewing, I see the rope tied to Leo's teeth after he leaves, and Leo just kind of shuddering in fear of what's to come. And I thought for sure this string was tied to a door Wyndham was about to leave out of, and just do the whole like you got a loose tooth and you slam a door to knock it out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure that was what's going on, but no, this string is tied across a pulley system to just a box of spiders. And if I'm in this situation where it's either like let this thing, this rope out of my teeth and let this box fall, just just kill me. Like <laughs> just let me end. Because my two things in life are spiders and stuff about teeth. <laughs> so if Wyndham okay. Earl DDS <laughs> is about to walk out of the room and leave me with this decision... Do you guys have anything else about the scene? Because I just had an existential crisis when I saw it. I do not. Well, then let's liven things up a bit with the dance choir lineup or the dance chorus line lineup or the Miss Twin Peaks rehearsal. Let's talk about why there's a basket on stage with a big sandwich in it. <laughs> just sitting there. Ben Horn was just passing through, had his arms full. I just need to set this down. Says, I'll come back for this. <laughs> Like, oh, you're having rehearsals. You're busy. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll just leave this here. Yeah. So this guy is what? Medical supply salesman <laughs> slash choreographer slash. Look, Mr. Pinkle wears a lot of hats. Plus pine weasel expert. I like to believe that he is a medical supply salesman first, but his closet passion he's a is regular, dance choreography. He's a regular in the Dick, theater. He's a regular Dick Tremaine. They just wear a lot of hats. <laughs> Yeah. Now he he is passionate about choreography and putting women in compromising positions for his benefit. He loves yeah. it. <laughs> Never question the choreographer. I was watching, only question the choreographer. More than anything, I was watching for background details during the scene. So you have Don and Shelley's the best the, part. Don and Shelley who are being very chummy and smoking throughout yeah. this rehearsal. It's amazing. So good. There's the one chick who is just selling it. In her Buns of Steel jazzercise yep. outfit. Yep. And everybody else is just doing their best. Lucy, I think, is actually holding back a little bit during this. <laughs> like she's, Yeah. She's kind of downplaying it, looking around, just like, just you wait. Just you wait. So 
the guy carrying the deer statue to stage. Oh man, it's one of it's one of the pictures we have for the promo. Oh, it's it's a crown jewel of this episode as far as videography is concerned. First of all, that thing is not that heavy. No, it's not that heavy, and you also don't have to carry it like you're humping it. Uh, he's doing what you call the bestiality carry across the shot. He takes way too long to get through it. This yes. gear can't be that heavy. Why would you hold it long ways, like tail to crotch? I don't know. He's just a passing through, and he's showing so much exertion in his face. He is selling this carry. Oh, yeah, he is. Giving it a real blitzing. <laughs> God. Oh, no. <laughs> the, so the dance rehearsals come to a break. Uh, Pinkle dismisses the ladies to take a break. And uh, Dwayne, the enthusiastic cuckold, releases Lana <laughs> into the wild. Go get him! <laughs> uh, There's something in the prop closet I'm having a hard time finding. God, this scene. Yeah, this is rough, right? Yeah. I had I had a lot of emotions about this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the so low point Lana, of the episode. Lana, who's supposed to be the golden goose, kind of the sure thing in this competition, according to Dwayne Milford, kind of sends her into the arms of Dick Tremaine so that she can get his vote and win mm-hmm. the whole thing. So she takes him into the supply closet. Dick seems like he actually doesn't want to be involved. But he doesn't actively fight against it. Yeah. Right. So with, with his flashlight in the supply closet, does this thing not have its own light switch, first of all? It does not. Okay. It does not. You There's a... Outside the door, there's probably a little stand with a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the supply closet flashlight. Please yeah. do not remove this flashlight. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. It's on one of those slinky cords. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this scene is stupid. But yeah, every time the flashlight shuts on and off, you can see the cuts and like they they like move position. I'm like, oh, okay. Like how bad do you have to be that you can't do this in one take? One fluid take, please. Yeah. Now it, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely tried this several times and Dick eventually gives in to Lana's feminine wilds. It's like, what exactly uh is it you're looking for? Uh I'll know it when I see it. Oh, this might oh, be Oh, by it. George. By George. I think you've got it. Mm-hmm. That was the best part about the captions, at least on my DVD. It was just like, Dick, by George. <laughs> I think you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> by George, I think you've got it. So we know what's going on here. We do. Uh, we get a return to personal memoirs to Diane. Who Diane. the hell so, is Diane? I think there's a pretty logical answer and explanation about the origins a black logical explanation oh my god whoa how did you do that i've already (laughs) forgotten what i was gonna say damn it (laughs) maybe another time yeah now that we've derailed completely uh let's just get right back on track so cooper is making another voice memo to diane who we all know and love and i don't know speaking tyler will you just give me a second you know her he is Talking to her about how he has substituted sleep with meditation. Yeah, and no I thanks. wish this actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> like if I could just get deep in thought and feel rested and ready to take on a day. 
Yeah, any day of the week, never, I'll take it. Never gonna happen. That he's talking about how he's done that. Uh, kind of updates Diane about Wendy Merle and how the case is progressing. But he gets a little derailed himself when he mentions Annie Blackburn. I just it's such a genuine interest, and he's so excited about this person being in his life. And as he's bringing her up, he gets a knock on the door. Uh, has a kind of offhanded comment about how sometimes solitary has its benefits or solitude has its benefits, which people in quarantine these days can probably relate to. Am I right? Topical. Ayo. COVID-19. Am I right? You right. Okay, boomer. Yeet. Right? Yeet. <laughs> I, was, I am legitimately an old man who does not understand what the kids are talking about these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, Annie comes into the room. And uh, we get into the what I like to call the metaphorist, the metaphorical Ooh. forest. I see. I see. But yeah, she's talking about how her forest is a little bit damaged and she doesn't know if anything will grow again. But Cooper doesn't want to talk about trees anymore. He doesn't want to talk about trees. He just, she, he wants her to let him into her secret garden. <laughs> Not, now's not the time, Annie. And then they... let you drive her car. They proceed to make and love. I, yeah, Coop makes love with Annie. Yes, he, he, he makes it to her. Which he expressed interest <laughs> in doing. Uh, this... Okay, the next shot is Nadine making a presentation. It is, a you know, one, probably one of the best slideshows I've ever seen. This is before the age of PowerPoint, and it is way more effective it is, especially when you have Jacoby running slides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jacoby running oh, anything yeah, this... makes things better. <laughs> Just so put him in a, charge. This is a play-by-play of men she has defeated in wrestling with descriptions yeah. of like whether or not she was attracted to them and how strong they were. But also, this is obviously some kind of consultation thing. Yeah, she brought meeting. this to a, like, a couple yeah. therapy sessions. So like, how did this... <laughs> How does this incorporate into what's happening? That might have been her condition. They're like, Nadine, I think we need to have couples therapy with you and Mike and Ed and Norma. It's like, only if I can do a slideshow presentation of men I've defeated in wrestling. (sighs) Fine. Okay, we can lead with that, but then we really need to talk about stuff. (laughs) I love it when they clap at the end. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, and these are my trophies. I thank you. (laughs) Like, yeah, great. Great work. Well done, Nadine. We're all super impressed you didn't kill anybody. It, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. She does this whole presentation. It is clearly at a couple's therapy session where this has no place. And it's still not clear to Nadine that she is in the middle of a divorce and not just breaking up. It's just a breakup. Yeah, we're still approaching this very gingerly. Until yes. finally Jacoby turns to Ed is like, Ed, do you think there's anything that maybe you want to say to Nadine? After she's uh, just described that she was attracted to Mike's buns. Oh, I can see the appeal. Buns of steel. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, yes. That one guy had quads like bridge supports, and that, that that's neat. <laughs> Glad you pinned him in a minute five, Nadine. Great job. I'm just happy. Mike, you've been uh, pole vaulting? <laughs> I'm just happy to see Big Ed again. Yeah. Where's he been? They're trying to think of the best way to actually approach... Nadine about this whole situation and Ed just straight out says you know what uh, Norman and I have been talking about getting married we plan on getting married 
Yeah. So Nadine news. crushes Mike's hand to paste. Yeah, his his says, hand uh, is broken. That's yeah. That's what it's <laughs> I mean, there's the no scene. way. Great transition too with his scream. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. Now we have uh, Major Briggs needs to get his back to the station uniform dry cleaned. Actually, where are we? At? Is this the? Is this when he's coming out of the woods? Yes. Back to the woods. Mm. Yeah. Hawk picks up Briggs in the woods as he wanders out. I, it's, I'm just thankful for Hawk. I mean, he pulled up at the right time. I, Perfect time. When, yeah, when this happened, I like I thought about. It, I was like, what if he was like three seconds ahead, yeah. and like he just like yeah, just missed. Briggs him. walks out of the out of the woods, and you just see Hawk drive by. I really think that's. I mean, that was a weird looking deer. I think it's. Per- <laughs> I actually think it's perfect that Hawk is the one that found him. Um, mm-hmm. I also. Yeah. I think it's just something with timing, especially with think of the people that are involved in the scene, just Hawk and Briggs, and we don't we all know yeah. how time works in Twin Peaks, right? So it's yes, just the of timing. course we do not. I I think something was telling Hawk to be in this area at this time. Yeah, I like to think that as well, because it's too circumstantial for even for Twin Peaks. Like mm-hmm. This is clandestine. Yeah, because it wouldn't have meant as much if it had been Andy or Cappy. If it had been Cappy, I would have raged. <laughs> or Tom Cruise. Like, no, you don't Tom, If it was Tom Cruise, he would have reached down while flying his own helicopter and snatched him up. Cappy does his own stunts for sure, though. <laughs> yeah, he does. I do my own walking. What's the What's that actor's name? Ron Kirk. The guy only has two credits to his name. Twin Peaks and, Twin Peaks. and the Bill Tush show. What? The what? The Bill Tush Show. <laughs> Who is Bill Tush? <laughs> and, and the best part is, the Bill Tush credit is 10 years prior to Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh, so it was like a kid's show? Says he was an ensemble cast member, so probably. He was a Michael Scott. I want to have 100 kids so they can be my friends. <laughs> and no one and no can one say, can no, say to no to be my friend. So this guy retired from acting after the role of Cappy. After Twin Peaks. Oh, this is where he peaked out? Yeah. Twin Peaked. He Twin Peaked. <laughs> twin Peaked. Let's talk about this next scene. Let's do it. Briggs is rambling on about kings and castles and... Judy Garland. Who knows what? <laughs> Judy Garland. <laughs> Judy Garland. Garland. That's a weird name. <laughs> Judy Garland? Well, can we talk about Judy first? We're not going to talk about Judy. Somewhere over the rainbow. David Lynch is said to be a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. Ah, I can see it. I want to watch Lynch's Oz. Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I am so ready for that. I think Return to Oz is about as Lynchian as you can get when it comes to The Wizard of Oz series. <laughs> the Wheelies Man, terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's just kind of not present and he's no. there's stuff that i think i mean when you think about what he's saying though i do think there's some connections to be made well sure yeah oh it all ties make, together make them yeah. it seems very much in the moment that he's just kind of rambling and he's lost in a different world oh he is he is lost An- another world he is between two places between two worlds between two peaks where have we heard between two worlds fire walk with me that's it so Cooper and Harry are trying to get as much information as they can out of Briggs, who can't seem to really comprehend what's being asked of him. 
he doesn't even seem to realize his own name at this point. No, Andy, he thinks it's weird. He is so far away on this map. Andy is still looking at the map. Well, what he doesn't realize is a map yet, but the petroglyph. He is still staring at the chalkboard. Oh, that he just has not has not peed in two days. He just walks through the scene and goes and stands and stares. I know. I love the music that plays because it, it happens again later. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't know. It happens again. Yeah. This may have been the second time that it happened, but it's like that one weird music of like somebody. Talking about the, yeah, yeah, just that surf guitar strum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh Angelo, mm-hmm. a lamente. a lamente. Is he Italian? He is now. <laughs> <laughs> that just got retconned. That actually reminds me. I mentioned this Sorry, to Tyler. Angela. I mentioned this to Tyler when we spoke last week. I wish I'd said it. I I wish I'd said it on our episode last week. Um, uh, last week, I know t- you haven't seen it, Dave, but I'm going to have to spoil the line for you because it's hilarious. You haven't seen mm. MacGruber, and it, they celebrated the 10th anniversary last week. I have not seen MacGruber. And correctly. there was a moment, because um, last week, you know, Audrey says she's a virgin, and there's a moment in MacGruber where Kristen Wiig's character says, right before they're about to do it, she says, I'm a virgin. And then Will Forte, as MacGruber responds, not for long. <laughs> I wish that had been BZ's response. <laughs> I wish it had been a verbatim copy of the script. What do I going to stumble upon later in my life? While they're trying to interpret what Briggs is saying, and while Andy is trying to interpret what he's looking at, Pete, Catherine, and Andrew are still trying to interpret what's going on with this stainless steel box that was in and the I middle could, of the puzzle box from last and episode. And I could care less. <laughs> At this point, we've been spending five episodes trying to crack this. Open this box. Yeah, and it's just. I'm over. Is it a 20 second challenge situation on this scene then? I th- you know what? We're, we're coming up on the end of the season. Why not? 20 second challenge. Look, when you've got a puzzle box, you need a cramjack all duty vice to pop it open. And if you can't get it then, then you just got to shoot it. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Blast it open, there's a key in the box. What does this key go to? Nobody knows. Put it in the cake saver, forget it, set it, and forget it. That's what we do here, and we're done. Okay. Was that 15 seconds? Know. 14 seconds. Uh, it was close. All I really took out of the scene is that Pete <laughs> super loves Andrew. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, He's shooting his house. And he bends <laughs> out. He's like, oh, look, look. It's like, good job. <laughs> yeah, nice shooting, Andrew. Good job, buddy. <laughs> It's a key. It's like, what? You don't trust each other? Looking at Andrew like, this this one over here. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like we could have done another 20-second challenge on the next scene. Uh, <laughs> Donna blasts into the room. She's all dolled up. She goes up to her parents. Like, oh, you look beautiful. And she's like, I want the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Donna, you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to give you a compliment. They, they're just like, Donna, just like chill and she says no if you won't tell me i'm gonna go to ben horn and find out exactly what's going on why won't they just if, tell yeah. her get this over i was about to say if there's ever a time Come to just on. say all right fine here's some truth especially with the the, the scene from ben and doc hayward i mean he has to know that ben's gonna tell her and if right. she goes to yeah. him like to the source he's gonna say to something the source he's gonna say something just tell her something. Placate her in some way, because she's about to go get exactly what she wants from somebody else. Sounds like we all got beef. 
We go back to the station. We go back to the station. So a lot kind of happens here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Garland is still spouting out his incoherent ramblings. Cooper, Andy, and Truman are all doing their respective things, trying to figure out what's going on here. Cooper and Truman are having a back and forth as Garland says something about the queen. Mm -hmm. Which which I know what that means. Protect the queen. Protect the queen. And everybody knows what that means in a way. So Cooper knows that in chess, taking the queen is the the big move. You take the queen and you have the power. That's right. The king is still in play. I got the power. The king of Romania. Bam, bam, bam. (laughs) The king of Romania. Like, no, Harry. Well, well, the thing, too, is we can assume that Major Briggs saw these cards, too, at the cabin. Yes. Oh, he definitely did. Queen, so, you know, all this ties in. Yes. It all is part of a bigger picture. So Cooper has put it together in his head that the queen, Wyndham Earl's target, is going to be whoever wins Miss Twin Peaks. This whole time, Andy is trying to get Cooper's attention, but he has no time for it. It bugs the hell out of me. Me too. <laughs> it really does. Like just stop and listen to him. Yeah. yeah, just hear what he has to say. Just give the boy a yeah. chance. Yeah, he sat there like, and listened to he... Briggs ramble about some dog shit that nobody understands. Andy has something to say. Sounds like you got beef. <laughs> Man, I do. I got beef. I already said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like andy probably chased them to the parking lot did Coop just get yeah. in the car yeah. and just keep ignoring him yeah maybe he shut the door and andy's standing there knocking on the window i assume that Lu- agent cooper i assume lucy agent was, cooper. Well, no, lucy was probably getting ready for the twin Pe- yeah so there's no excuse unless someone else was man yeah. on the phone it's probably cappy oh cap's on the line <laughs> oh uh, we've got a lot more episode to talk about. Andy, as he's chasing them out the door, actually knocks over the bonsai tree and reveals the bug that Wyndham Earl had planted. Yes. As they have put together all of the information already and talked loudly about it around this bonsai tree, Cooper knows for a fact that Wyndham Earl already knows everything they know, and he is already a step ahead. So they've got to save whoever wins Miss Twin Peaks because they know that's going to be his target and he's likely already making his play. Did you talk about the Constellation stuff? Did I miss that? We didn't. We didn't. Okay. Because this is that's before the bonsai. Yeah. So the 4-H thing that Andy brings up during the scene when he turns around and says, Hi, could this have anything to do with the 4-H club? Cooper somehow, because I don't know how these books work, somehow puts it together that 4-N-H are Jupiter and Saturn. And that yeah. them being in line at the same time. In conjunct. In conjunct. Or he said he said when they're conjunct. I was like, is uh, that is that grammar? I don't I don't think so. Like, I don't know enough about it to contest it, so I just let it roll. Yeah. It's like it just it jarred the ear. Yeah, it's <laughs> shocking to hear. Yes. It's, it's unpleasant in the ear. It is. And somehow them being in line both expand and contract the universe in a way that causes the door to the Black Lodge to open. But that's yeah. what they know about it. And somehow fear and love are the keys to both the White Lodge and the Black Lodge, respectively. Also, he like he's explaining it, and he's like, it says here, and then it shows him pointing at the book, and it's just constellations. 
Like yeah. it doesn't say shit. Yeah, it doesn't show <laughs> when they're aligned where. It just says, here's this, and here's the shape, yeah. and this is what you call According it. According to this, they should be lined up. Tomorrow oh at 9.30. <laughs> at the Roadhouse. <laughs> the road <laughs> they don't say that, but they Truman, put Truman together still doesn't get it. They know the window of time that the lock will appear for the Black Lodge. Yeah. Which is, of course, what Windermerle is seeking out so he can have this evil godlike power. So they've got to stop him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, this next bit is the Miss Twin Peaks competition, and this is a blast. Lucy is front and center. They're doing this whole big dance number. It's this whole production. It's wonderful. And there's all this umbrella twirling. It's just a spectacle. Yeah, they're all wrapped in plastic. It is awful. Yeah. And Pinkle is just so proud of this production he's put on that he projects that onto Log Lady. She's not having it. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I've already got a log. Go stick it somewhere else. So Bobby is behind the scenes. (laughs) Yes. He has a... Checking out the local talent. Yeah, he has a strange line to me. He kind of looks out into the crowd and spots Log Lady and says to himself, small town, man. <laughs> Has he even encountered Log Lady? Was point? he looking? But I didn't. I couldn't tell if he was actually looking at Log Lady or was just looking at everything going on. I know we I realize mean, he double maybe, takes it, for Log Lady. Yeah, but his whole... His I just I just that, took that as he was looking out at just everyone there and just said small town man, <laughs> just because because <laughs> maybe I assumed he just knew everyone. It's definitely implied. Like were you just trying not to run into her and you didn't expect to see her here because you have had no previous interactions? Guys, hold up, Lucy can really dance. <laughs> yeah, you know who can't? <clears throat> Shelly. <laughs> Shelly, when they do the the kick line, yeah. Shelly, like, can barely lift her legs off the ground. Meanwhile, Lucy Morin, Kimmy Robertson, is just killing it with the high kicks. Yeah. And enough spins that I would have been dizzy, but she just keeps on going. She has this whole production. She is, like, she's classically trained in dance. I don't know Kimmy right. Robertson's history. I think she is. is what man, I, she is, brings it. That's what I read, is that she she was trained. So I don't know if it came down to, did they ask everyone, who's got talent that they can use in this you know and who knows i don't know if they filmed anything else that might have ended up on the cutting room floor of anyone else but i'm so glad that they had a feature on her i thought that was cool yeah that was really great time for her to shine like that um so talking about the small town man yeah thing um because this is directly after or during lucy's dance um while that's happening. I guess, I mean, he is noticing Log Lady yes. and talking about that. But then he turns around and sees Windermerle. Yes. Log Man. Log Man. <laughs> and walks up to her and says, well, you bring your whole family? Well, But who would he be talking to in that instance? Does he think that it's part of her family? Or does he think that it's her teleported? 
I think it's that because when he looks back, she's gone. After he sees Log Man, she's gone. But he does. Does he think her whole family just walks around holding logs? Probably. Probably it is Bobby. Or maybe he's talking about the fact that her log is different. That because the one Wyndham's holding is like a chopped piece of wood. Right. Pointy. It's the equivalent of a surname in the Log Lady family. You just have a different type of wood that you carry around. But uh, Bobby doesn't get to say much for long because Wyndham Earl, as Log Lady, immediately clubs him across the top of the noggin, rendering him yeah. unconscious. He's also standing in front of a restroom sign, so I can assume he changed in there. Yeah, but he goes back in the restroom, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. Gotta take a leak. (laughs) It's like after a long, hard day of clubbing people in the head, (laughs) it's time for a bathroom break. (laughs) But uh, this kind of is occurring under the contortionist jazz exotica that Lana is putting on for her talent. This goes on for it a is while. Not I would pretty. Say. Yeah, that was the best part. Those when Andy comes in, and he's like Agent Cooper, and then he just gets distracted by her dance. Just wide-eyed. I loved that. I love the shot of the men's reactions on the panel. <laughs> kind of yeah, like, like Milford and Dick. They're just <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, I was a big fan of Audrey's speech when she got her bit. She looks so good. She looks great. Like as far as the contestants are are concerned, just with all their different get-ups, she looks classy. She delivers her speech with eloquence. Yes. Honestly, I think she deserves the win. I agree. She, she didn't need a talent. She didn't need to be in the chorus line. No. I think she had enough she presence had to and charisma. Up. She should have taken the crown. Yeah. Alas, I as agree. she had no talent or and was not in the dance, then she probably was disqualified. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that she just barged in and said, I'm going to do this. Well, you miss signups. <laughs> I'm the right in vote. It's probably why they didn't. Pick I'm her. Audrey Horn and I get what I want. And then she snapped and walked off. Right. I was like, well, I guess give her a few minutes to yeah, just we'll pencil her in after contortionist jazz exotica. Do you know who my dad is? He'll bury you. <laughs> my boyfriend has a plane. Uh but uh, as Audrey's doing her speech, we have a short scene of Donna confronting Ben Horn backstage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even even Ben Horn's being dodgy. He's being more kind of open. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But he's, maybe. He's, he's being he's engaging more with the idea that something is there is something. There's something left to be said. Yes. Yeah, yeah he's like, we should all get together and talk about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But should we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we sit down as a family unit and really hash this all out? Or can actually we just did. somebody say what needs to be said once and just be done with it? I liked uh, Donna's reaction here mm-hmm. to it when she walks away and she's just like, you're my father. I thought it was, I thought it was nice. No! It's impossible! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Donna puts it together, which she already knew, but she just finally, I guess she finally got the answer she needed. Yeah. And takes that and leaves. There's any speech next. And there's there's a lot in her speech in a short amount of time. Mm, there is. The biggest thing I took away from it was her mentioning the world holding on to the spirits after people mm-hmm. left. Yeah. And that's that's just huge for the mythology of the entirety of Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's like yeah. old things staying around. 
but it's uh yeah it's riveting enough for dick like to give her his vote. mayor milford am i right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a spirit that's been holding on for a while <laughs> we um we failed i want to say it now just because i'm gonna forget about it i thought it was big to point out that when annie and shelly were and maybe yeah norma too yeah norma and then they were chatting at the double r they mentioned laura palmer yes oh yes, yeah that's yes. right don't know how we failed to mention that we did well it's so brief because and it's, it's it is really in passing but i love it because yeah. my ears perked up because i was like you know it's like one of those mm-hmm. scenes where you're kind of half paying attention and it's like okay but yeah. you know then her, her name is just like oh because you don't hear it come up that often now yeah it, it's very offhanded when annie brings it up norma is yeah. saying that we need somebody who can really shine in the town especially this year mm-hmm. and annie just kind of offhanded just goes oh you mean like laura palmer which i think is interesting that how did she even know about that if right. she was yeah, gone come up? i realize yeah. it wasn't that long ago in the timeline of the show so someone could have brought it up to her but we haven't seen it i was gonna say who's did been she kill about laura she palmer back? Yeah, it would have been one thing There's if, like, no the, the scene where she came in, she's like, well, what happened, you know, while I've been away? Which I'm still even a, uh, a little... Con- not much. I'm still even a little confused about her living there before, because who says it? Mil- Mayor Milford or Dick? She's like, she's only been in town for <laughs> for five minutes. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, that makes me just confused on, on her even more, or her backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Can continue with her speech. I just yeah, definitely. That, I thought about that. Now, any speech is engaging, and it's it's very much about uh, basically the Native American beliefs in uh, preserving the spirits of the world that you live in, saying that even when people have left, the world will remain, and we need to do what we can to preserve what will outlive us, and that's kind of her whole shtick. It's it's a slow clap when she finishes. Like people don't yeah. really seem to attach right away. That's kind of like, uh, they were yeah uh, they were uh, okay, still okay sure taking it in. I'll take it. Sounded a lot like Audrey's, but I'll take it. Yeah. 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 Way to be original. Uh, let's not black dress and everything. <laughs> right. Uh, let's not forget that it's D Day. It is Dad Day. Dad Day. It's so anticlimactic for Lucy. It's not. It's not Dick Day though. It's not Dick Day. It is Andy Day. Andy Day. It's A Day. <laughs> Andy Day. I like that. Uh, Lucy picks Andy as the father of her unborn child. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, Dick's thrilled. He's delighted. It's a, it's Shocker. Like, oh, capital. <laughs> <laughs> if you'll excuse me, congratulations, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, well, we also haven't seen like Dick care or show interest in anything with Lucy in a while. Yeah, I mean, there was that brief stint with little Nikki who just fell off the planet. That's what I mean. Like, since that storyline dropped, he hasn't really had anything on screen involved with Lucy except for the wine tasting. I think that was more a competition with Andy, but once he realized he wasn't really a competitor, he just kind of stopped trying. Yeah. Well, whatever happens, happens. Pine weasel, wine tastings. Tannins. Yes, Wine that's weasel. where his, head, his head's on. His head's in the tannins zone. He's not worried about any of this. You've been in the tannin zone. I'm talking backwards. <laughs> but Cooper shows up to the competition because he's got to find who's going to be the winner of the Miss Twin Peaks pageant so he can save her from Wyndham Earl. And as the results come in, 
any wins. Shocker. He's yeah. a little concerned. Who called it? News. Who called it? Dude, I Tyler did. did. He sure did. <laughs> Many moons. You've been ago. calling it. You've been calling a lot of good, a lot of good yeah. foreshadowing. I like. Uh, yeah. I like Cooper here because yeah. it's like you know he wants to clap, but he's like, oh crap. <laughs> Is yeah, that that was a that was a good no. bit of acting there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bad bad news for any Black Baron here. Uh, it's, all of a sudden, it's lights out. There's strobes and smoke. I loved this so much. I want to see stats on how many people had seizures <laughs> when they watched this episode. It was it was really cool. I was like, they they really upped the budget for the end of this. <laughs> episode there were explosions <laughs> and strobe yeah. lights can we work strobe lights and smoke machines into the budget for this episode <laughs> yeah that made me it's like did, did he have a strobe machine that he just took in there yeah like seven I think there are some deleted scenes where Wyndham World actually went through and planted <laughs> these as log lady just tinkering I'd love to see that and just walking around in this empty Unscrews space the top of the log plants the strobe light <laughs> yep. oh yeah, this is, call this is his disco distraction log. to cause a panic in the room so that Cooper can't get to Annie as all this is going on. And he gets her. Wyndham Earl gets up to Annie. He yeah. snatches her. He chloroforms her, drags what her off. What does he say? I'll help you. I love you, him in this, or... too. He's so creepy as the log lady here. Like when he's like kind of creeping up to her. <laughs> it's very Ghostbusters 2 when uh, Yano shows up as the nanny outside the oh, window as the yeah. ghost. Yeah. Super scary. Like just... Uh, just off putting enough to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a scary image, and it's a scary situation. But he snatches her, and he gets away. Uh, so I don't really know how, you know, because obviously Coop doesn't get to her because there's an explosion right in, in front of him. He gets yeah, blasted. But he does somehow see that he got her. Well, he he sees Wyndham Earl just assumes. as Log Lady and clocks him. Right. So, yeah, so does he, he just assume that he took her? Because when the lights come back on, he just immediately tells Truman, like, he, he's he got Annie. Yeah, it's, it's pretty clear. Like, he doesn't see Wyndham anymore, and he doesn't see Annie, so he got no. her. He's out. Uh, tough scene for Coop. Like, just knowing what's going on, knowing that you're powerless to stop it, because you can't physically get there. Yeah. It's um, very villainous by Wyndham Earl. There's one more. panic and uses yeah. make his move there. It's like It's like a bad dream. There's one other uh, big detail we didn't touch on during the... Uh, a big panic. D, you say. Yes, yeah, a big D. There's another big D <laughs> that we didn't touch on. <laughs> yeah, does anybody know what it is? Um, when all the strobe lights happening, the panic. There's one very important thing. Somebody's probably doing the Leland. I missed it. There is a sh- there is a shot of a bag that falls from the ceiling. Oh yes, 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 yes. It Nadine so Nadine is going to get her mem- oh, memory yeah, back in the, the next episode. Bag. Yes, she is definitely going to. She got knocked back into reality. You think so? And she will pre- be she will be contesting the the breakup next bit, next episode. It's a bit predictable, but you know. Yes. Poor Mike. Yeah. Poor Ed. I guess. Poor Ed. Yeah. Poor Ed. <laughs> Poor Norma. <laughs> Poor Norma. Poor everybody. God. Yeah, after after the panic and after the lights come back up, Wyndham Earl is gone, Annie is gone. Andy finally finds mm-hmm. Coop. He still doesn't want to listen. 
He's like, oh, Andy, what is it? I was like, Cooper, I figured it out. It's a map. <sighs> but Andy... Credits. <laughs> by studying this petroglyph the whole episode, all three times he's gone up and just stared at the board, he realizes that he actually knows where the Black Lodge will be. And that is our episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Woo! Eventful. Yeah. Big ending. Eventful to say the least. What was the other title of this... <laughs> the, the night day of, of decision. Dis- day of decision. Night of, that's right. Was it the day of decision? Yeah. I think day. What of is decision. the decision? Deciding who's missed Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Also deciding who's going to be the father of Lucy's child, I assume. But that is guess, super yeah. underplayed. Yeah. Yeah. Neither um, of the neither of the men care at all. No. Yeah, I. That, well, I that's saw great, that, Lucy, but I, I, I need guess, to go find Agent Cooper. I guess fan, what I was reading was that fans named this episode Miss Twin Peaks. Like It became famous enough that it eventually got used in an official capacity, but I think that's why you see both names, because Night of Decision, I guess, was the original title. Hmm. Oh, Night of Decision? Night of Decision, yeah. Gotcha. Night of Decision. decision. Yeah, this was, a, this was a good episode. Yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thoroughly. I think uh, this might be, like, next to the finale, this might be my favorite episode of the season. What was the, um, there was an episode early on in season two that you really loved that I remember being surprised by. Because you yeah, gave it, it a five. A, yeah, it was the one. Coma. Right no, it was, man, it was Man Behind Glass. Yeah, actually. You I loved love Man, Man Behind Glass. Glass. Yeah, I remember. Love Man Behind Glass. It's so much fun. Well, we're going to, in our season two recap episode, which will mm-hmm. take place after we wrap the finale, we'll go through all of our scores. We're going to see which ones we rated uh, five stars, and we'll pick what was our ultimate favorite episode. I'm sorry. I don't think we rated two. anything five stars. Sorry, five foreheads. I'm so sorry. I misspoke. That's fine. That was embarrassing. I'm just thinking about all the astrological stuff. I'm just you know, a little loopy like Mr. Major Briggs. Right. Yeah, just generalities. I thought that there were plenty of sight gags, plenty of scary moments, like the the jump scare kind of with Windermore's teeth in the beginning. <laughs> and yeah. down down to the the anticipation of how the Miss Wind Peaks competition was going to play out. Everything across this, I think, it was just a really, really solidly paced and really good episode, and I I loved it. Tyler, in general, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I thought it was great. I thought everything leading up to the pageant was just typical Twin Peaks, and it was it was pretty solid. But then that the whole ending with all the strobe and everything an explosion like for some reason i just i just love that so that bumped it up for me it was definitely no surprise that yeah, definitely killer ending. donna is spawn of ben horn and <laughs> audrey's spawn sister of ben horn. spawn of horn and uh <laughs> band name called it um <laughs> and no surprise that annie won but yeah, that whole last scene was was pretty stellar. So do you have any final do you have any final predictions before next week, Tyler? Uh let's see. Nadine is gonna be back in action, just her normal self with freakish strength. 
Um, <laughs> what else? What else is going to happen? My drapes. Um, I don't know. I think Annie is going to die. If she doesn't, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. <laughs> okay. Um, it has a character arc, right? Sure. Because they, they didn't know it was canceled yet, right? No. No. No, they did not. It was not so confirmed. everything going on was thinking. Yeah, I mean they were gonna. We don't have to close yeah, it. Yeah, they were gonna pull out all the stops to keep it on the air if they can. But I still think they knew the writing was on the wall. Right. Mm. Um, As if ABC was. Winter Merle is definitely. Everybody. <laughs> Winter Merle is definitely gonna die. There's gonna be some closure there for Coop. Um... I think it's going to come at the expense of Annie's death. It's a nice prediction, sir. Um, yeah. Cool. Josie's going to have assembled a, an army of wooden drawer knobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? I think that's it. Those are the, those are the highlights. Yeah, that's, that's my band name called it. I'm very much looking forward <laughs> to the drawer knob army in the next episode. <laughs> that's the band name. <laughs> Army of wooden drawer knobs. <laughs> <laughs> and you will know us by the army of wooden drawer knobs. <laughs> uh, Patrick, generalities as far as this episode. Um, I I like this episode a lot. It's really, it's, it is. Well, why wouldn't you? The ending is explosive in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. That's certainly my my favorite scene of the episode. As as you can always predict with me, I I love the Garland Briggs stuff. I do think all the stuff with him, with what he said, you know, even if it came across as gibberish, were important. Which obviously Cooper picked up on, not Truman, because he doesn't pick up on anything. But it's fun, and I just can't wait for next week. Well, I think we need to go into this thing. And find some dialogue that really spoke to us that we can speak again in our damn fine lines of the night segment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, excuse me, a damn fine. Hot damn, this line is good. Huh, Tyler, I think you get dibs this week. I get dibs? I get dibs? dibs? Okay, I'll take that. Uh, Let's see. My line is. As follows. Perfect. This is an outrage. She's been living in this town about 15 minutes. And what the hell got into you? She gave a beautiful speech. Inherent in her message were words even the most craven of us can ill afford to ignore. <laughs> Gotta love. She doesn't even go Some Mayor Milfi. <laughs> yeah, you don't even go here. <laughs> Oh, fantastic stuff from Mayor Milford. Classic. Patrick, you got a damn fine line for tonight? I do. It comes from the very end. Uh, um, I think it's just a great line from Andy. I I think I actually said this line, because I, I, I do this from time to time, where I'll say something from something that hasn't happened yet that wouldn't... Tyler would never pick up on it. But there was a time one of you guys mentioned a map many episodes ago, mm-hmm. and then you just hear me come in and say, It's a map. <laughs> It's a map. So, but I I like that Andy is the one that figured this out. I don't even like it. I love it. I love that he's the one that figured out that it's a map. 
Um, but I love, I just, I just love that this is how the episode ended. In the, you know, right after all the chaos ended, you know, Cooper's obviously got his mind elsewhere. So I love that it ends here with Andy telling him what he's discovered. Yeah. This is important. That cave painting in the office, I finally figured it out. What? I knew I'd seen it someplace before. I know where it's telling us to go. It's not a puzzle at all. It's a map. It's a map. Even Cooper's reaction there. What? (laughs) (laughs) Super good. His mind is other places, but listen to Andy. He's been trying to tell you all day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My line tonight comes from Miss Audrey Horn as she speaks at the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. I think it really sets the stage for the end of this episode and the one to follow. And it's just really strong writing and it really plays well. There is only one way to save a forest, an idea or anything of value. And that is by refusing to stand by and watch it die. There is a law of nature, which is more fundamental to life than the laws of man. And when something you care about is in danger, you must fight to save it. Or lose it forever. Thank you. Of course, by the end of the episode, we lose Annie. And this is just huge foreshadowing. Like, Cooper is going to have to fight to save her. It's so good. So good. So good. So great. Yep, that is our damn fine lines of the night. Damn fine. Gentlemen, if there's no further to do, it's time to rank this episode on a scale of one to five James Hurley foreheads in a segment called Talking Foreheads. Talking Foreheads. I can't. I just can't. James! Tyler, once again, you are on the block. Man. Foreheads what for is the it? My birthday? Miss Twin Peaks or Night of Decision? Hmm, hmm, hmm. First of all, I'm going with Miss Twin Peaks. Fair enough. You know, can't say anything. Can't say anything. You just got to do it. Just five. Yes. I loved it. Yay. I loved it. I love to see it. I love when you love an episode. And I love how iffy you were on a lot of the aspects coming in (laughs) and how much you've really grown into it. It's you love to see it. And I'm so excited because this upcoming episode is going to be fantastic. I'm showing my hand a little bit, but Patrick, go ahead. I'll be the judge of that. Sure. Uh, It's a fantastic episode and I'm going to give it a classic four and a half. Are you sure? I mean, I did five. I know. <laughs> I'm letting you have this one. <laughs> uh, all right. Just four and a half. If you need me to explain, I can tell you what what didn't get me there. Yes. It was that closet scene. With... <laughs> uh, I, forgot about, I forgot about that. With the flashlight? Yeah. It's too long. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's what she said. She probably didn't. All right. As I said last episode, I am saving my five foreheads. You don't have to save. You can give two fives. That's ten. That's true. 
You're right. I love it. There's there's no reason to hold back. I love everything about this episode. Top to bottom, left to right, five foreheads. Throw it out there. Just five. Spoiler, we know Dave's score for next week. <laughs> so what do you think about... Yeah, no, there could be a twist. Yeah, that's that's true. What do you think about next season? We start off... How many episodes are there in the return? 18. 18? So we start off with a total of 94 heads at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We have to allot them across the season. Yes. (laughs) I can get on board with that. You you each get 94 heads. Use them sparingly. That is a system we can discuss further. (laughs) But for now, that has been Talking Foreheads. Talking Foreheads. Guys, next week is it. It's it. Season finale next of week season two of Twin Peaks. Is it. Yes, yes. I can't believe it. Yes, yes. It's going to be a slobber knocker, as they say in the wrestling community. <laughs> yep. It's going okay. uh, to be a lot yeah. of fun. I, I can't wait. Tyler, can't you? Your predictions, we will see how much they actually come to fruition. I will be very on the edge of my seat. As will I. Uh, As will I. Man, I just I don't know what else to say. Uh, this has been fun. <laughs> I've had a blast. It's wonderful. It has been great. Yeah, We're going to awesome. end season 2 next week. I'm super excited for it. Uh, after that, we've still got Fire Walk With Me. We've still got The Secret History of Twin Peaks. We've still got Season 3. There's stuff to talk about. There are things to do. And we will get there. But bottom line, I'm stoked. Yeah. Me too. I have uh, I have two shout-outs. Let's hear one it. and a half. I'm going one and a half. Um, no new Twitter followers this week. Bummer. I did get two new follows on Instagram, Ooh. I move car. Wow! Thank you for the follow. Uh, and the other Kanashi underscore Kaniko, who gets half a shout out because I tried to follow them back and I've yet to be approved. Oh no! So bad. I know you're listening. Just you know, just press a button. Just, I need this. If you like what you hear on Talking Backwards, you can reach out to us at TalkingBackwardsPod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at TalkingBackwardsPod. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkingBackward. Tyler? Anchor. Perfect. See you next week for Beyond Life and Death. I am. I don't even know how to look this up. I googled <laughs> 90s where workout. I, where do videos. I begin? Buns of steel. I did steel? 90s jazzercise. Buns of steel. Buns of That's steel. it.